How many dates do I have to go on to find someone normal? I'm just so tired of feeling this way. What do you think I should do? My name is Laura. I'm a dating and relationship therapist and your host of Emotionally Available. Together, we are about to embark on a spiritual journey to unpack modern dating culture, relational patterns, and mental health. Let's get into it. All right, guys, we are back recording season two, episode two, and I'm so excited for all that's in store today. I talk often on my Instagram about the concept of an ideal partner or an ideal relationship. We are going to unpack that today. I'm going to tell you all about what an ideal partner or an ideal relationship is and how to implement this visualization into your life because it is a visualization, right? It's a form of manifestation. Visualization is a technique that is used to manifest all of the things that you desire to give yourself the life that you have been craving. And you can do that with your relationships. I think a lot of times we get scared. We think, oh, there is no perfect person out there for me or that's impossible, or we just assume that we have to chalk it up to luck, but really we don't. We have full control over our dating life. We have full control over our love life, even when it feels sometimes like we don't. Getting clear on who your ideal partner is or what your ideal relationship will feel like is going to transform your life because you will suddenly be able to let go of anything that doesn't align with this vision. By letting go of anything that is out of alignment with your ideal, you're creating space for exploration. You're creating space for the things and the people and the relationships that you are supposed to have in your life. That doesn't mean that this relationship that you now have in your life is going to be the end-all be-all, right? That doesn't mean that's your person. That doesn't mean you're done. It just means that this relationship is meant for you in this exact moment. Every relationship that we have serves a purpose, whether that purpose is to find true love and companionship or to actually learn more about ourselves is not up to us. So instead, we need to reframe our understanding of relationships. We need to quite literally change our relationship with relationships. I think it's time to get into it. Let's get started. Okay, let's talk about the ideal partner. What is an ideal partner? Who is this ideal partner? Let's talk first about the word ideal, right? Ideal is everything that you could possibly hope for and imagine, right? It's the best case scenario. Now connect that to a partner or to relationships. What is an ideal partner? An ideal partner is someone that you envision yourself with without having to change anything about them at all. Now, that doesn't mean that they don't have flaws. That doesn't mean that they're a perfect person because we also understand that we are humans. And so we can't possibly aim for perfection if we ourselves are not capable of achieving that. And I know all my perfectionists out there are like, but I'm striving for that every single day, right? It's impossible. You're never going to reach that level of perfection. So instead, we're going to talk about how can we reframe our understanding of relationships? How can we reshape our relationship with relationships so that we can create room for mistakes? We can create room for the mess that is involved in these relationships because no relationship is easy, right? They all take some level of work and they need that conscious work to maintain and sustain the relationship. 
So your ideal partner is not someone who is perfect for you, right? Nobody's perfect for us. We're constantly changing. And so if someone was perfect for us now, that doesn't mean that 10 years from now, they're still going to be quote unquote perfect, right? All of these things change. And so the ideal partner is actually someone who is just authentically themselves who aligns with you. And when we talk about alignment, we're not talking about those superficial qualities. We're talking about love. We're talking about core values. We're talking about morals. All of these underlying deeper qualities that contribute to the strength of the relationship. So think, how do you want to be loved? And how do you feel when you're loved in this way? The easiest way to unlock your understanding of an ideal partner is to visualize this person. But I recognize that visualization is really, really challenging, especially if you don't have a lot of experience with something like meditation or visualization. And so I really struggled with visualization and I still do, even though I have a regular meditation practice today. But let's focus on ways to kind of poke holes at our understanding, right? Let's figure out how to get into the flow of visualization without fully immersing ourselves from the start. Think, how do you want to be loved? And what does this love feel like? How do you feel when you are loved in this way? Do you expect that your partner is going to perform acts of service? Do you expect that your partner is going to lean into physical touch, right? Think about those five love languages. They are so, so important. And if you don't remember what the five love languages are, they are physical touch, words of affirmation, acts of service, gift giving, and quality time. The love languages are not make or break, right? We have to understand that we show love and we receive love in very different ways based on how we were raised. Typically, we have two primary love languages, and these love languages either come from the ways in which we received love as a child or the complete opposite, right? Maybe physical touch wasn't necessarily a part of our childhood, and now we really crave that from a romantic partner. So sit with yourself, do some self-reflection, and ask yourself, how do I feel loved? right? Is it when my partner holds my hand or puts their hand on my back? Is it when my partner stops home on their way from work to say, how are you doing? How was your day? And have a quick conversation. Is it when your partner takes care of the dishes for you without asking, right? What are those little things that your partner does that communicates to you, I love you without actually saying the words, I love you? Now ask yourself, how do you feel when you are loved in this way, right? You don't need a partner right now to understand what your love languages are or to understand what it feels like to be loved. We've all been loved at one point by someone, whether it be a family member, a parental figure, a guardian, or a friend, or a teacher. We've all experienced love at least once in our life. So ask yourself, how did that feel for me? How did I feel inside? Did my body feel calm and regulated? You want to focus on the feeling. By focusing on the feeling, you are telling the universe, this is how I want to feel. This is what I want to welcome into my life. By feeling it in the present moment, even though you don't currently have it, you are calling that energy in to experience that in the future. 
when you really start to nail down what this love feels like, you're going to start to identify qualities of this ideal partner. So what is this partner doing? What are their thoughts? What are their actions? What are their behaviors? And how are they connected to things like their character or their core values or their morals? Is this person outgoing or charismatic? Is this person kind and considerate? What qualities are their thoughts, behaviors, and emotions connected to? This is going to tell you who your ideal partner is. And remember, we're not looking for superficial qualities. We're looking to identify these true character traits, these true core values, these morals, because the superficial qualities are going to change across the lifespan. It would be physically impossible to find a partner now who you relate to superficially and guarantee that you are going to relate to them 10 years from now in the future. You are going to change and we change within the context of our relationships. So if we are actively pursuing someone who's emotionally available, who has that emotional intelligence and maturity to sustain a healthy relationship, we ourselves are going to start to heal within the context of that relationship. So we want to do so with a partner who shows up with integrity. We want to do so with a partner who is committed to the emotional partnership that is involved in a relationship. It's not just one set of emotions in this relationship, it's two. And so you need a partner who understands that. One of the questions that I received from you guys is how do you know when your criteria for an ideal partner is too specific or too picky? This is a phenomenal question. Personally, I don't think it's possible to be too specific or too picky. If you are truly thinking about the core values, the morals, the character traits, and not the superficial qualities, then you are going to narrow everything down to a pretty small list that it's impossible to be too picky. The superficial qualities are where we typically tend to get stuck in things that are too specific. If we're talking about someone's character, we want to be specific. I don't want to be with someone who is unkind. I don't want to be with someone who doesn't show integrity. I know exactly what my core values are and what my morals are and what my character looks like. And I know what I want to instill in my future family. And so I'm not going to choose someone who doesn't align with these core values or these morals because that is not the vision that I have for my family. Now, another question that you guys asked is how many flaws should you tolerate? Some of the best relationship advice that I've ever received in my life comes from my Aunt Lisa. So shout out Aunt Lisa. She once told me that anything that drives you absolutely insane about your partner in the present moment will continue to drive you insane 10 years from now. So make sure that this discomfort is something that you are willing to tolerate for probably the rest of your life. If this person leaves their socks on the ground now, they are going to leave their socks on the ground for the rest of their life. If this person talks too fast when they are excited, they are probably going to talk too fast when they are excited for the rest of their life. You cannot change these small characteristics of someone, and nor should you, right? We all have our flaws. Flaws are subjective right? Flaws are just things that are different from the ways in which we do them. So we consider them to be flaws in other people, but they're not actually flaws to everyone. Maybe someone doesn't care that they leave their socks on the ground or they don't care that they talk too fast when they're excited. 
It's not our job to define someone else's flaws. It's our job to define what are the limits that we are comfortable with and where do we draw the line? And can we let go of some of our intense emotions and messaging that we've received around flaws so that we can accept our partner for who they are without trying to change them? Because that would be unfair. Now, another question that you guys asked is how do how do we differentiate between being considerate and understanding versus boundary setting and people pleasing? This is a really great question. And I think a lot of you share this same question. I think we're really uncertain about what is that fine line between consideration and understanding versus boundaries and people pleasing. And I think there's a lot of fear that's been generated because of social media, because these words like boundaries and people pleasing, they are hot topics, right? They're buzzwords in this social media space. And they're not necessarily things to be scared of, right? We need all parts of ourselves. We need the people-pleasing part. We need the part that's really firm in maintaining their boundaries. And then we also need the part that shows consideration and understanding for others. These parts contribute to who we are as a person. So you will need to rely on that people-pleaser sometimes because that can help your relationships, right? We tend to view all of these quote-unquote negative qualities of ourselves as something that's not helpful or something that needs to be changed or something that needs to be healed. That's not always the case, right? That just tells me that those parts of you need boundaries. The people pleaser needs to understand when it's time to stop people pleasing. And I typically define that moment in my life when a moral has been violated. If someone's behavior goes against my morals and impacts me in a way that I'm not comfortable with, then I'm going to set a boundary. That is me honoring my needs and saying, I am not comfortable when people treat me this way, or I'm not comfortable when people speak to me this way. We can show consideration and understanding for others by bringing in the bigger context. Are they going through something? Did they maybe just say something that they didn't particularly mean? Engaging, does this behavior align with their behavior in general? Or was this like a one-off kind of accidental mess up? Can we talk about it and move forward and set a boundary and make it very clear and say, I don't appreciate this? It doesn't mean we need to cave and give in to them all the time. It just means that we need to consider the greater context that maybe something else is going on for them. I want to start to shift this conversation, and I'm going to quite literally call it flipping the script. We want to identify the qualities of our ideal partner and start to understand what does that ideal relationship look like. But we also want to start to do some of that introspective work and ask, are you yourself an ideal partner? Are you this person that you want and need to be in order to call in your ideal relationship? Because we have to understand that if we are holding our standards high for our ideal partner, then we need to hold ourselves to those same standards. We can't just walk around like a... <laughs> We can't just walk around without self-awareness and bulldoze over everyone around us and expect that our ideal partner is going to be compassionate and empathetic and considerate if we ourselves are not maintaining those same values. So think, how do you want to show up in this ideal relationship? How do you want your partner to experience you? That's a big question that comes up in couples therapy, right? How do you think your partner is experiencing you in this moment? 
because we get so stuck within our internal worlds, right? Our ego, that internal world is really driven by the ego that we forget there's another person involved sometimes. A relationship involves two people or more, right? We just want to make sure that we are showing up as the version of ourselves that our partner deserves. And it doesn't mean that we are going to hold ourselves to a standard that is far too high or unattainable. It just means that we are going to raise ourselves to the same standards and expectations that we have for our partner. Think about the qualities that you embody in this ideal relationship and ask yourself, how can I start living through those qualities in my current life? What changes can I make in my current life so that I become this ideal partner for my ideal partner? We can't expect that our ideal partner is going to walk into our life and want to stick around if we ourselves are not an ideal partner. The last thing we're going to get into today is one last question that you guys asked. You said, what things are actually important to have in common for a good foundation or base for a relationship? Core values, morals, and ethics. That's it. Nothing else needs to be in alignment. If you have someone standing in front of you who shares the same core values, morals, and ethical principles, but you for some reason are turned off, that's your ego. That is your ego registering something superficial about them and saying, nope, this isn't for me. Ask yourself, why is my ego stepping in right now? What can I learn from this experience knowing that I've already defined my ideal partner and I have this person standing in front of me? I know this might seem controversial because a lot of you are probably thinking, well, what about chemistry? What about sexual compatibility? And yes, those things are important, but I do not consider sex to be a core pillar of a relationship. I do think that it's a necessary part of a relationship, right? But there are plenty of couples who have healthy relationships without a very active sex life. That tells me that there is a way to be in relationship with someone and to be compatible with someone without the need for complete sexual compatibility. With that said, sexual compatibility is just willingness and openness to try new things, to do something different than you've been doing in the past, because we are never going to be fully aligned sexually with a partner. We are bringing different sets of lived experiences to our relationship in the same way that our partner is. So are you willing and open And is your partner willing and open to try new things, to learn more about the sexual chemistry that you guys have together and to actively work to improve and build upon that chemistry? That can change. We talk about the light going out in these long-term relationships, and we have to really actively work to turn that light back on, right? To spice things up in the relationship. And how do we typically tend to do that? We make the time for it and we try new things. So as long as you are in alignment with your core values, your morals, and your ethics, everything else can be built. You cannot change someone's core values. You cannot change their ethical principles. And you can't change their morals. But you can change your sexual chemistry. After listening to this episode, I hope that you feel inspired to do this introspective work. 
I hope that you really want to lock in your ideal partner and that you feel motivated to figure out what are these qualities that my ideal partner embodies. My dating life changed for the better when I started figuring out who my ideal partner is. I finally understood what was necessary at the core of a relationship. I was able to confront my ego by reminding myself, this is the person in front of me. This is everything that I've asked for. And I'm not going to let my ego run with those superficial qualities because that's only going to get in the way and prevent me from getting exactly what I want. All right, guys, until next time. Mm -hmm.